How do you honor God? By doing everything to the glory of God. Not just not sinning, not just, okay, you don't steal from people, but by making good shoes. If we're going to talk about you were a new creation, that means everything has to change. Why does God not just, you know, bring people to heaven immediately after being saved? It's because there's stuff to do here. There's a point to all of this. And if we're Christians, we do it better, or at least in theory. But if we really apply the standard that's set in scripture, then we know that no one is good because no one is God. We serve a storyteller. We serve a, a God who has a perfect plan, a sovereign will for every moment of history. It's not about going into the world to make artists. It's about going into the world to make disciples. This is The Christian Artist, honoring Christ through creativity. My name is Caleb. My name is Carly. And I'm the Reformed Pokemon Professor. And I am so excited that we're having you on. It's it's very, very exciting for me. Um, you're one of my favorite Twitter, Twitter, Twitter people. Um, Tweeterers. Tweeterers, yeah. So I'm I'm very excited to to have you on and, and talk to you a bit, um, because uh, I've always enjoyed our conversations and interactions on the Twitter. So before we get started, in and just kind of like have a conversation, um, we want to just get to know you a little bit. And honestly, this is basically what the whole episode is going to be about: is just talking about you, um, and and having conversations based off of the stuff you do, the stuff you're involved in, the stuff you're interested in. But first off just in general who are you and uh, what do you do well i'm a grad student at penn state university in state college pennsylvania if anybody didn't know where the main campus was and i am studying mechanical engineering getting my phd and my research is currently on developing a model for revolving wings where we use it to simulate um, insect in, insect flight. And I look at the vorticity dynamics. Nice. Yeah, and, and when I heard just the inkling, the first inkling of that, um, I was like, that is so cool. Like, that's sort of cool stuff that I want to understand, but don't actually want to have to take the time to learn. Um, so hopefully you can give me the fast track to understanding some of that. Well, if it um, means anything, I'm in the same boat. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Fair. That's fair. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we titled this episode Pokemon and PhDs. Uh, one, because alliteration. And two, because um, those are the two things that I initially that we initially talked about talking about back, what is it, in March that we started having this conversation about uh, having you on. Um, and obviously, you're like an Anon on Twitter and you go by, you know, the Reformed Pokemon Professor. Um, so obviously, you like Pokemon. Otherwise, you know, why would you? Oh, yeah, of course. I love that? Pokemon. Um, but I guess, let's you know, let's just start there. Let's start there. Where did your love for Pokemon begin? Probably when I was a kid, when my parents told me to have nothing to do with it. <laughs> oh, so you're one of those kids. Nice. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, it's it's a it's I don't know. I don't remember all of it. I was so little. I watched some of the anime when it was on TV. Yeah. Not when it immediately came out, but pretty soon after. Mm -hmm. And then I wanted to play some of the games, and my parents didn't let me play any of the games. And then 
when I was, I think it was in middle school, a friend of mine didn't want his yellow version. So he gave it to me and then gave me a Game Boy or something. Maybe I had a Game Boy already. I don't know. But um, I played the yellow version, was playing through it. And then my dad saw it and he made me give it back. But then when his when my friend's mom found out, it caught into this big hullabaloo. And basically, nobody was ever allowed to tr- to bring games to the school anymore. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, you know, you can't trade Pokemon cards, can't trade Pokemon games. Mm-hmm. And then when I was, uh, I think, a junior in high school, I got back into it and I played Fire Red and Leaf Green and started you know, going on again from there. And I have gotten pretty much every game since except for sword and shield because i don't have a switch because i'm poor yeah yeah but other than that i'm a pretty avid pokemon fan still i don't watch the anime as much as i used to Mm -hmm. for obvious reasons i still collect the movies and watch them i've got a plush Mm -hmm, mm apom so i mean that's my favorite pokemon if if anybody who follows me on twitter Mm -hmm. knows anything about pokemon they'll see it i think we can tell by the uh by the uh, the picture, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, Pokemon was always one of those things that um, I always found really fascinating and loved as a kid. Um, but like, you know, my parents at first were like, "This, this is I don't like this. Like, I don't think you should be involved in this or whatever." And it was always one of those weird things where it's like, I never understood why. Like, it never, it has never made sense to me why Christian parents are against Pokemon. Like. Is it literally just because they were use the word evolution? I don't know. <laughs> that that honestly may be part of it, but yeah. the the issue with that is, I mean, I mean, I'm a young Earth creationist, mm-hmm. so I don't believe in evolution the way that it's taught in the secular yeah. universities, like yeah. Penn State. But but even that, I right, underst- like Pokemon doesn't even use the word evolution in the same way because they just randomly like they could do through a, a metamorphosis into something else. well when it comes to one pokemon evolving from one stage to another yeah. yes but in the more recent anime they've actually brought it in and had it so that humans and pokemon used to be the same thing and then later they evolved separately yes i i so think starting, i was aware of that yeah yeah starting around the diamond pearl and platinum series they brought that in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I didn't really like that, but, but, but in general, Pokemon has been one of those things where it's like, you know, this, this, this seems pretty harmless. Um, I'm not sure why people make a big deal about it though. Actually, a thought just came to my mind. Technically the entire show of Pokemon is people getting, is basically people running dog fights. Like that's (laughs) basically what's happening. Like they're just making animals fight each other. Yeah, except um, for the animals like it. it well, they, yeah, that's the, that's the one thing. <laughs> the animals like it. And, and they have it's superpowers. And they have superpowers. It's it's all it's very strange. So, but yeah. Pokemon, it's an interesting phenomenon. And Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it, yeah. It, it sure is. It's yeah, I mean, it's you guys might not know this, but it is still to this day, as far as I'm aware, I didn't check it today, but um, I think it's still the highest grossing franchise in the world. That wow. makes sense to me. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the one following immediately after that, I think, is Hello Kitty. That also makes <laughs> sense. That also makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, so I guess that, you know, this is, again, this is the silly part of the conversation, I feel. Um, but 
I'm curious, like, um, is, is here, wait, let's, let's, let's go, let's go this direction. What are your other hobbies besides Pokemon? Hmm. Not talking about, about the, you know, your PhD work or anything like that. What else do you like to do for fun? Let's get to know the man. Yeah. Well, um, I like reading, like reading about history. Nice. Yeah, which I don't get to do anymore because I'm <laughs> in a PhD. Yeah. Um, I I still have this giant tome of a book of um, it's a biography of Leonard Euler, who was a Christian mathematician. Interesting. And he was uh, he was alive right after the Reformation, mm. and he he did tons of things in mathematics. He's got tons of things named after him. Probably a third of them are things that he didn't even have anything to do with. Like the Euler identity, which is famous in trigonometry and complex mathematics and calculus, he didn't actually discover it. Yeah. <laughs> he put it in one paper, and I think he cited the person, but then the part where he cited them is at the bottom of the page, and it kind of got worn away. <laughs> right. That's what I re- that's what I remember yeah. reading, but I but I'm don't look at his Wikipedia that. entry right now. This is actually very fascinating. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I'm not I, I've never really been one for like reading biographies um for one reason or another, but I, I do love the study of history. I like the like more like large scale stuff though. Um learning about wars and large scale sweeping societal changes and kingdoms and all that stuff. But yeah. Yeah, some of that is cool to I, I think that's interesting. I, I like reading about American history when it comes to that, but I do I, I like to get to know the individuals in history that contributed to all this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It makes total sense. Yeah. So one of the main things I wanted to talk about is bug magic. <laughs> yes. I want to talk about bug magic. How, <laughs> how do bugs use magic? Tell <laughs> so us, please. You, you mean how bumblebees are at, are secretly airbending? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, tell us um, it's fascinating to me. Yeah, it's 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 very fascinating. It's not just bumblebees, but they are famous for it because there was a um, a, fr- a French uh, mathematician. I, I guess he was a mathematician. Maybe I don't know exactly what he, he what he would have been, but um, his name was De- DeLambert. And I'm he was probably a smart butch- guy. Yeah, he, I'm probably butchering the name, but he's got a famous kind of idiom that he put together based on some of his analysis of fluid mechanics. And it basically says that the bumblebee shouldn't be able to fly, right? Because yeah. it's so fat. Yeah. Right. That's like the opening of the bee movie, right? <laughs> yeah, it, may, it might be. I mean, the bee, the bee movie is of like a- Of course, that would be the reference that you made, Carly. But um, then later in the 1930s, several hundred, hundred years later, people actually, I think he was a- a um, mechanical engineer was talking to his friend, a biologist, and they're these two French researchers. Don't remember their names, but I, I have them in my thesis that I'm putting together. Mm-hmm. And basically, they did some notes on the back of the uh, on the back of the envelope or on the back of the nap- napkin, and basically realized that the only way that a bumblebee is going to be able to fly is because of the motion of its wings. And that's when people really started investigating 
the fact that when an insect flaps its wings, it's not actually doing it in the way that you might model a bird flying, like let's say an albatross just gliding or an airplane, because the way they generate lift is completely different. They have stationary wings. Even when a helicopter revolves its its propeller, it's more it's more similar to a insect, but it's not exactly the same. Yeah. But back to the insect or bumblebee or whatever, whichever one you want to talk about, mm-hmm. they flap their wings back and forth. They actually make a figure eight sideways in the air, and that's the upstroke and the downstroke where yeah. they where they push their wing forward and they kind of push the air with it because they're so small. So the air behaves differently. It behaves more like honey because, because of their size. And then when they turn their wing, they generate this suction that forms and like, there's a really cool paper from this guy named Richard Bomfrey where he talks about mosquitoes and how they do this something that's a, that's different than any other insect. But I don't I don't want to go into that because it's a it's a giant rabbit trail. <laughs> but <laughs> so, but in so general, what you're saying is that each bug typically has their own magic system. <laughs> no, um, different groups of bugs have okay. different have different. <laughs> that makes sense, right? The, different bending. The, the, yeah, the bumblebees are air vendors, and then the mosquitoes are. They use some well, sort they're, of they're, telekinesis. They're still, they're, they're still airbenders, <laughs> yeah. but they just bend differently. <laughs> got it. Got it. But, okay, but, so but, it's like airbender. The bumblebees are airbenders because of martial arts. The <laughs> the mosquitoes are airbenders through. I just think I the know. bumblebees are more like Appa because they're yeah. so big. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and the mosquitoes are like Ang and all the other ones. But got it. Okay. All right. The coolest thing about insects and the way that they generate lift, and this is the main thing, it has to do with the way they move their wings. Mm-hmm. But when they are, when they are, stro- when they move their wings in the upstroke, right? So they take their wing and they have that figure eight kind of pattern. The part where it's just going straight ahead before it turns around, they generate a vortex over their wings. And it's kind of like a, tornado you could imagine but it's sideways so instead of the tornado standing up on the ground vertically the tornado is kind of extending from the where the wing connects to their body towards the tip of their wing and then it it basically forms a conical tornado like shape and then it sheds into the wake and gets all turbulent and messed up but that vortex doesn't shed like it does in a in a steady wing or a stationary wing like in an airplane it stays there for the entire upstroke or downstroke depending on which which way the wing is moving and then it creates a negative pressure on top of the wing which lifts the the insect up it creates enough enough suction to counteract the weight and that's why this that's why the saying is that the bumblebees shouldn't be able to fly but the bumblebee not knowing this does it anyway. (laughs) Yeah. 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 See, that sort of stuff is fascinating to me. So, um, I want... Just reminds me of just all the... I mean, just the the Wilsons always emphasize this, especially in Ride in the Dance, but even on their podcast, what have you, the, the two sisters talk about just how, like, literally, like, magical not in the sense that we typically ascribe to like 
you know, fantasy stories. But when, when you think about like science and how it works, like when you don't know how it works specifically, it's basically just magic. Like yeah. God has created a world so intensely complicated and somehow everything works exactly how he intended it to. And yeah. we can't comprehend all of that without all of the specific knowledge of like, how this is actually physically possible for a bumblebee to actually fly. (laughs) Well, and the the fact just to think about it is that we as humans didn't begin to understand how insects fly in any reasonable way Mm -hmm. until, I wouldn't even say 80 years ago. (laughs) So that's how little amount of human history we've known how insects fly. And And we still don't completely understand it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's the quote from Arthur C. Clarke where it's any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic, right? Yep, it, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, I didn't know who said it. Yeah, but. right. It's um, he's a science fiction writer um, who he basically came up with like three laws of like science fiction writing and stuff like that. Um, and uh, they are, let's see. The so-called laws are when a distinguished but elderly scientist state that something is, is possible, he is almost certainly right. When he states that something <laughs> is impossible, he is very probably wrong. <laughs> Number two is the only way of discovering the limits of the possible is to venture a little way past them into the impossible. And then three, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Yeah, that, that definitely reminds me of this like whole thing we're talking about where it's mm-hmm. like, right, if we don't understand it, it's magic. If we do understand mm-hmm. it, it's science. And that's just the way our world has worked yeah. since the very beginning of time. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's honestly the way that I think it's the um, the, the mandate that God gave to Adam was to mm. was to conquer the world, so to speak. I mean, yeah, have dominion. and rule over it. And, and part of that it, is making the, the magical, the things that you can't explain into things you can explain and then using them to conquer the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so um, when we're talking about that, that whole thing, and, and we started to get into theology, like, is, is that the primary reason that you went into the PhD program? Like, tell us your story in terms of, like, where your Christianity and your your science stuff combines, right? Like, where do they feed off each other and stuff? I'm curious to hear that. Well, I grew up in a Christian home. Um, I went to a big Southern Baptist church for most of my childhood and went to public school. And I, I enjoyed science and math. I, I didn't do very good in it in high school, but, or um, just, you know, not college level. But then when I started getting into college and I took calculus and other things like that, I started really enjoying it and getting into it. And I had a teacher that said I should go into engineering. So that's what I did. But Part of what made me, um, part of what made me really get attracted to the, um, the sciences and <laughs> well, I that that is a separate story. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll get to that at the end. But um, what made me just get interested in science in general was just observing the natural world around us. Yeah. And to be honest, Pokemon had a big influence on That's that. That's what I was wondering, <laughs> right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's like. You imagine all these creatures that have magical powers. Yeah. And yeah, if someone from Japan can come up with these magical creatures based off of him collecting bugs as a child, <laughs> then I think God can do a lot better. You know? Yeah. And that that's, that's part of what made me just interested in science in general. When I was in college, I 
was taking my engineering classes. I had to take a class called statics. And then I took a class called material sciences where you, uh, you basically learn about the properties of materials and you learn about how the forces distribute through them. And one thing that I just felt kind of like, a, I don't know, like a drawing towards was how you, we treat the material as if it's what we call a continuum mm -hmm. where the properties in the, in the material are not necessarily staying the same, but you can actually represent them as a continuous function. Right. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what any of that was because I was just going to a community college at the time, didn't have any big plans. And then when I went to my undergrad and I actually got into more rigorous engineering school, um, engineering classes, I took fluid mechanics and then it all fell together because I realized, oh, so this is all what it is. A, a solid is just a really solid fluid <laughs> is basically what it was. And, and I fell in love with that material. I tutored fluids and I um, did lots of other, I did research related to it in undergrad. And then I found out that the author, the professor who wrote the fluids textbook that we used at the undergrad school that I went to, mm -hmm. that he was a Christian. Nice. And also that he was a creationist. Right. Sure. Because he puts it at the end of his book. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to go to Penn State was because I wanted to work with him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I thought about going to grad school and tried to get a job and it didn't work out. So I went to grad school because I didn't want to live with my parents for another year. <laughs> yeah. And then I went down, I moved down to grad school and went, moved down to Penn State and talked to the professor and my parents were there and we talked about possible funding and he said, He's not accepting any students. <laughs> so I spent about a year and a half in my master's looking for a professor to fund me. And that's where I met my current professor that I work with who works with insects. Nice. And he doesn't he doesn't work directly with them, but he models insect flight. Hmm. And I learned more about it because he said that anybody who joins his lab has to do a certain amount of research and kind of prove their merit for joining the lab. Mm -hmm. So I did that and fell in love with it and nice. now i do insects because i didn't realize that they were so cool <laughs> yeah yeah the bug magic it hooked you, hooked you <laughs> yeah it did i mean the combination of fluid mechanics and bugs flying in basically soup <laughs> there you go yep. you, heard it, you, heard it, you heard it here first folks. <laughs> bugs fly in soup um, <laughs> Which yeah. is sad because the Pokemon, the bug Pokemon are so big that either they have to flap their wings in such different ways if they were real. No, no normal person thinks about this. Yeah. But one of my favorite, my, one of my favorite bug Pokemon is Yon Mega. It's a giant dragonfly. And I don't remember what the official height of it is in the games, but in the anime, it's about as big as James is. The, the the villain in Team Rocket. Mm. So it's a pretty big dragonfly. And um, even though I, I think it's actually Jesse's Pokemon now that I think about it, but I don't remember. But anyway, so it's a giant dragonfly. And I'm sure you guys have seen the fossils of the of the Cambrian yeah. dragonflies. They're huge. There's one at Answers in Genesis that they showcase. I don't know if it's an original fossil or if it's a, 
if it's a copy of it but uh, but you can get pictures of it and they're they're di- gigantic yeah they have wingspans that are some of them a meter across so that's like a meter is a little bit over three feet mm-hmm. so imagine a three foot dragonfly and now if you know anything about dragonflies they are the dive bombers of, mm-hmm. of insects they will dive out of the sky and just grab a butterfly and chomp it down and eat it mid-flight it's crazy and they're also one of the things that i found out i can't i i could never find the article after i read it the first time but there is an article somewhere on creation.com so if anybody if you have anybody on your audience who works for creation.com maybe they can find the article but there's an article somewhere that mentions how there was a study where they took the tail of a dragonfly and they put it in its mouth to see if a, just to test to see if, if insects can feel pain and it ate its tail and then it just oh, flew wow. away didn't care <laughs> so that, it's got some pretty there's some pretty vital organs in the tail of a dragonfly that's where all their reproductive organs are in the tail so that is hardcore yeah <laughs> i'm currently trying to track down this article that you mentioned but I can't. Well, it's so. it's kind of like an obscure reference in the article, so you may yeah. not be able mm-hmm. to. Um, also, uh, Yan Mega or Yan Mega, however you pronounce it, um, the Pokemon is six feet three inches and one hundred and thirteen pounds. Yeah. So, so yeah. I don't know if that's its wingspan. They never are. are they're never clear with it, but it might yeah. be its body length. It says height so. here. So, well, height and length are. Yeah. Even in bio, even in biological textbooks and in, in journals, they use yeah. that interchangeably sometimes. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. It, it's interesting um, to hear like the two different ways that something like Pokemon can inspire kids in two completely separate ways, right? Like for mm-hmm. you, it's like, ah, oh, I want to learn about bug magic. Um, right. Like I want to look, I want to look at, you know, the science of, of insects. I want to look at, um, of this. And for me, like Pokemon was like, oh, wow. Like world building and stories and literature and, you know, all of this stuff. Um, right. It pushed me into like media and storytelling, um, mm-hmm. instead, not that Pokemon was like necessarily a huge influence in, in all of that, but it, well, it was one of the, there, there's the building blocks, the, right. Are all there. The, the, the story building in Pokemon is pretty good, but the story writing in Pokemon is not <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. unfortunately specifically. I think the main thing that always excited me about Pokemon was just the, um, the world building, right. The, the creatures yeah. and the, the stuff and the places and all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, that's always been the most exciting for me. Yeah. Uh, only Pokemon game I've ever beat is Pokemon Emerald. And it was the first one we ever got. And I had a, a Mudkip. Um, oh. That's what I got for... That's when Pokemon was still a little challenging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when they actually it didn't good. make... When they didn't cater to little kids. Yeah, it was good. It was good. It took us forever to beat the final four. <laughs> four freaking mm. ever. Yeah, uh, but we did. Well, I mean, that was the first. No, that was the no, because in Emerald they have a dragon master at the end. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then they have ice and ghost and dark. Yep, that sounds right. Yeah, that sounds that's right. yeah. Those are all pretty hard types. There were there's some good ghosts and a couple darks in Hoenn. Only a couple dragons. 
and they didn't the fairy type didn't exist yet so <laughs> we never got we never managed to to capture whatever the legendary pokemon from that that's in that game i know what it looks so like but i can't remember the in in emerald it's your there's there's the three there's kyogre uh, Groudon and Rayquaza. Rayquaza is the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, that's the yeah, one I always that's, wanted because he's so. That's cool. the mascot. Yeah, so well, cool. Mega Rayquaza is is really cool, but it's becomes they, when they made Mega Rayquaza and they put it into the games, it was so overpowered nice. that it had to be cut out from the tournaments. So yeah. it's it's just nuts. It's I think it's I think outside of Mewtwo. It's still the most powerful Pokemon. The only ones that beat Mega Rayquaza are Mega Mewtwo. And there's two Mega Evolutions for Mewtwo. But you can't use Mega Evolutions anymore. So Yeah. Yeah, it was always interesting. Because um, that was like the game that we played on road trips. We, we just had our, our Game Boy Advance and we played Pokemon Emerald um, whenever you're on long road trips. Yeah. Um, but I never, we never beat any other game. I think we got Pokemon Yellow. I got it because you know it's Pikachu, and Pikachu is my favorite Pokemon. Yes, I'm basic. <laughs> I realize that. That's um, yeah. But uh, uh, I never beat it. I I never really even know, got that far. W- without googling it, do you know how many Pokemon there are currently? No. Eight hundred and ninety-four. That's so many. <laughs> yep. <laughs> how many? Yeah, let's see. How many Pokemon were there in Emerald in Gen three? Like by like. I don't know the exact number, but it's got to be around three hundred. Yeah, it sounds right. Um, because Gen two didn't three, add a whole 386 bunch. Three hundred eighty-six is the. Okay, the I was off. Then. Yeah, I was off by a lot, but yeah. Yeah, so that that was what I was familiar with. I'm most familiar with Gen 3. Yeah, well, a lot of people are. I mean, there's a YouTube channel that I watch. He's not a Christian, but he's all, he was all, he's also an engineer. He took he had a got an engineering degree from Texas A&M, I think. His mm-hmm. name is his channel is MNJ TV. So, it's a pretty good channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not a Christian, so don't expect any real Christian ethic from it if yeah. you like Pokémon. But if you like Pokémon, it's pretty good. One of the other games that I played mm-hmm. besides Pokemon, now that I'm just, I'm remembering it, yeah. is called Dragon Warrior Monsters. Dragon Warrior Monsters. Well, that sounds like a peripherally game to Pokemon. Uh, yeah, well, I, I think it was made a little bit after that, and I had Dragon Warrior Monsters: Kobe's Journey, which I think is the third game in the installment. And then when I remember a little bit of of trivia is that for the American releases. They had to call them Dragon Warrior Monsters because the original name Dragon Quest was copyrighted. But now that the copyright has run out, they are going back to the old name, which is Dragon Quest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking to see if like this was they obviously were like specifically trying to go for Pokemon esque. Yeah. Uh let's see. It looks like it was released while people were waiting for Pokemon Gold and Silver. Um, That sounds about right. That sounds about right. The distinction between the two games mainly is that Pokemon's ability to capture any wild Pokemon with a Pokeball as opposed to taming monsters was a better idea. 
that's it seems like you like what you like tamed monsters like yep directly. you you had to buy meat and then right throw meat in the battles and you had a certain chance of getting the um the, the last surviving monster to come and join your team and then there's other considerations like if you haven't beaten the local boss even if you give all your meat away and the monster wants to join your team they won't join your team even if they want to if the boss isn't beaten interesting yep yeah it's so i wonder how many you know i need to, I need to look this up how many pokemon riff off ripoffs are there like i want to i want to see a list i want to see a list of of pokemon ripoffs all right here we go <laughs> there's there's a new one that's out there i don't remember what it's called but um Okay. People were thinking it was going to take over from Pokemon. 15 hilarious Pokemon ripoffs. Uh, someone wrote down Beyblade as I would I mean no, I, it's, I wouldn't it's kind no. of It's like saying Yu-Gi-Oh is a Pokemon ripoff. But it depends on when they were made like first, right? Um let's see. <laughs> I, I I never watched Beyblade, but I know what it is. This, I know, yeah. This is just so funny reading this article. Uh, someone wrote, you know, it's as if the creators of Beyblade watched Pokemon and decided that Pokemon would be way cooler if the characters just threw Pokeballs at each other and no monsters came out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. We got Bakugan Battle Brawlers. Um, yeah, that's familiar. I don't know what that is, though. Let's see. I, I've heard of it. Card Captors. Don't know what that is. Never heard of that. Oh man, Digimon. All right, Digimon no, is on this list, okay. and I know yeah. people would get up in arms if they say yeah. Digimon. I mean, I, 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 I am not a Digimon fan. I actually don't like Digimon, so I'm one of the few weirdos out there that likes Pokemon but not Digimon. But it's because I don't like, you know, you have a little animal, and then all of a sudden it evolves, and there's missiles coming out of its butt. <laughs> <laughs> yep, there. It's very weird. Yeah, you, I, I I don't I don't like that. <laughs> did you ever watch Dinosaur King? Because that's the love. Yes, one I did. I did actually. It was that's on a Fox. Pokemon ripoff. Yep, that's a it is. Yep. It is except for it's real dinosaurs and it is. they would turn into these little baby versions. I know but... they were so cute. <laughs> yeah, they were. I remember that. But basically, the thing you that have... I well for Carly's reference. So basically, literally, you would have like these little baby versions of these dinosaurs that they would just carry around <laughs> as their pets. And then they would they'd have some sort of like device and they had like a card and they yeah. put so the card into like, the device and then the, the dinosaur would get into their big form. Yeah, like so, so if I remember correctly, that came out when Pokemon came out with their... Po so Pokemon had had Pokemon cards for a long time. But for a while, they had this special series of Pokemon cards that if you scanned them in your Game Boy, it would either give you a Pokemon or give you a um, like a special gift. And I think that's where they got the idea because I think it came around out came out around the same time. Mm -hmm. So it's it's like Pokemon, but only the Pokemon cards and dinosaurs. Yeah. But I, I remember that the uh, the team of like evil people in that show is the most blatant ripoff of Team Rocket I have ever seen in my entire well, the, life. Well, the actress that plays Jesse isn't is literally in is one of the yeah, yeah exactly. It's yeah. so blatant. <laughs> Uh, apparently, they, there's a Japanese anime um, like called Yokai Watch. Yes, that's the one I'm thinking of. That's a yeah. new one. 
and it's it's pretty popular in Japan. Yeah, this seems have... interesting because yokai yokai is like you know the supernatural monsters of Japanese folklore, which is I'm interested yep. in seeing. Yeah, that. yeah. There, yeah. there's a so if you want to learn about that specifically, go and check out this YouTube channel called Doctor Lava. He pretty much does anything, everything Pokemon, but he's got this. I think it's an hour long video talking about how Pokemon is inspired from yokai, and he goes into the mythology of yokai and the history of it and where it came from. And how it actually developed into the modern age. So I, he's not a historian, but he he knows his stuff, and it's really cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a whole bunch of other ones on here that I have never heard of in my life. <laughs> Someone listed Neopets on here as their as a <laughs> fucking ripoff. I I mean, there's a lot of people just capitalizing on. Of course, the number one thing on this list is Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> Um, this, I, I think the, the, what they're probably trying to say is like, there's a lot of people who are trying to capitalize on the whole, um, one pets fighting each other and yep. two card game battles, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. um, basically how can we sell merchandise? <laughs> basically. I mean, and, yeah, that's, that's all, honestly, yeah. sadly, what a lot of Pokemon has devolved into. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's ultimately what a lot of children's programming is, is, is Hello just Kitty. like, like, I think Transformers is probably the first, um, the first re like main, uh, show based off of, merchandise so much so that like the show's existence is literally only to sell the merchandise um yep. but it's crazy yeah. because transformers is great uh yeah it is and they they still have comics i mean they're not with mm-hmm. marvel or dc or any it's a of fascinating universe it's a fascinating universe but yeah, it is yeah they all they just wanted to hasbro wanted to sell toys <laughs> so. and then someone said hey let's make a comic book it's like mm-hmm. oh okay mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep. It's like the more you know. But apparently, they were like before Transformers, before that particular time in the '80s, um, or the '70s, or whenever it came out first. Um, there were laws on the book that forbid it. That forbade. For, forbade. 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 For I think it's forbade. I, I think it's pronounced forbade. I, I okay. I'm, I gotta I'm, look I'm, this I, up. I gotta look this up. I, I I write in scientific journals. I don't need to know how to spell things. That's what Google's for. <laughs> Bad pronunciation. And I, I spell words that you guys have never heard of, so it's okay. It, it works it it works itself out. Yeah, it's for bad. What? Forbade <laughs> is like a different tense of it. If you're trying to just say like something has been forbidden, like was for bad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All um, right. Anyway, what I was trying to say is before that point, um, uh, having direct programming targeting children to like sell stuff was like illegal. Um, yeah, it but was. Then the, yeah, then the laws came off the books, and then Transformers existed. <laughs> well, I mean, and don't, and don't forget, there's always there was also the Comics Code Authority yes. for a long time. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's all fascinating. I, yeah, that that kind of just disappeared. I mean, technically, some of those laws are still on the books. Probably. I don't yeah. know. I don't I, I don't know what's become of them. There are so but... many laws that exist, specifically in the United States, that just don't get enforced at all anymore. And people just it's still there, but people just forgot about it. Yeah. Well, you know, big anything. brother. Yeah. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> mainly it's because there are so many laws. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's also because politicians don't have term limits. True. Well, since we started talking about this, <laughs> uh, I'm curious. I'm curious because you, you talk a lot about the, the, the sorts of topics that um, are going around on Twitter a lot uh, these days. Yeah, I'm a little edgy. Which is the, you know, the whole like reformed uh, cultural like <laughs> dominion sort of crowd, right? Um, where... Yeah, I, I, I'm friends with a lot of theonomists. Yeah, so yeah. If, if, if that's not very clear. I, I lean that way. I don't know if I'd call myself a theonomist. Sure, yeah, yeah. We'll get I you mean, there. I, we'll get you there. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I probably for all intents and purposes am yeah but there's just some some issues that i have with some specific details I mean, when it's yeah. applied to the american system mm -hmm. i don't yeah. i can't reconcile that i'm not opposed to what it may be but for instance like i was in a conversation on facebook talking with people about how is it just for the government if like if the government decided to follow the the biblical civil law and execute homosexuals would it be just yeah my answer is yes my and then they say well now should the government do that then i'm like i don't know <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. yep there's those are definitely a lot of questions but I, i'm curious just to like listen to your your thoughts and in, in your general like why why where how did your journey in Christianity lead to this particular brand brand of Christianity that um, I, uh, that we ascribe to you, um, but has in a lot of circles been taken very poorly. Um, yeah. Tell us, tell us about that and, and where you are and all that, all that stuff. And what, well, you mean just like reformed culture? Yeah. Or? Reformed culture. Like, like just in terms of your own personal, like how you got here sort of a thing. Right. Well, okay. I guess I'll just start near the beginning. And mm -hmm. I grew up SBC. I, I I avoid SBC now quite a bit, but <laughs> yeah. I still consider myself Baptist. I go to an independent fundamental Baptist church right now, not a KJV only crowd. Although my pastor is, he kind of leans that way, but not so hard as everybody that is on Twitter, you know, <laughs> Yeah. regardless, that's not really the point. But um. I I don't remember where it all started. I do know that growing up, I kind of developed a mindset uh, and a hermeneutic when understanding scripture that is very similar to what I'd say I have now in a lot of ways. It's like it was very Reformed-esque, but I had like something I tell my friends all the time is that whenever whenever this comes up in conversation i don't go around and just talking about it but <laughs> but i say i kind of have a i grew up with a reformed hermeneutic both my parents are dispensationalists and um i don't i i guess they i guess um i don't know what eschatology they just subscribe to but not post mill or a mill the i i just say i'm pan mill but um it'll all pan out it'll all pan out <laughs> that's uh, I'll, I'll i'll settle eventually but... as jesus puts every enemy under his feet and creates the, <laughs> I, uh, the new heaven I'm, and the new yep. earth agreed agreed <laughs> but um when it came when it comes to to that like i said i, I kind of grew up with a 
kind of reformed hermeneutic didn't really have the vocabulary to put with it i had no idea who who luther or calvin or any of these people were i had never heard of them the only time i had ever heard about luther was when i was in a so in a social studies class and we were learning about the reformation and history you know because yeah. it's a big That's part of history the first time that i ever heard about luther was i think i think it was in church but it was because it was the 500th anniversary of the reformation mm-hmm. mm. and then shortly after that we were actually in school going over the reformation and history class and then okay. i actually started learning about it <laughs> yeah yeah i mean my parents weren't like that they didn't they didn't really want to get involved in that i guess i i don't i'm not gonna uh propose reasons that i haven't asked them about so to you know to disrepute them but um didn't talk about it and i think part of it is that my dad grew up lutheran and he kind of left that tradition specifically because of of um abuse abuses maybe not sure but also his brother converted to Mormonism. So that that's also trying for him. And it's interesting. So I listened to some R.C. Sproul growing up because my dad liked R.C. Sproul a lot. And I listened to John MacArthur and Alistair Begg on the radio. I love listening to Alistair Begg. I don't really do it anymore. But I listened to him on the radio station mm-hmm. quite a bit growing up. And he's reformed. And, um, so, and so is John MacArthur-ish. <laughs> Ish. He's, he's Calvinist. I'll, I'll say he's that. A Calvinist. I, I I respect John MacArthur in a lot of mm-hmm. ways, but when he talks about any anything, anytime he brings up his dispensationalism, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm gonna yeah. ignore you for a month, Doctor. <laughs> but um, listen to them, and I it's funny because not too long ago I had a conversation with my dad when I, we were talking about R.C. Sproul's pass, passing, mm-hmm. and I was talking about how I kind of had become reformed and. And my dad didn't really like that, <laughs> but it was funny because he said, I love the reformers. I just don't like. I just don't agree tradition. with their doctrine. <laughs> apparently. And it's like, yeah. I, I, I was thininking, dad, do you know what you're hating? <laughs> mm-hmm. You like, you love RC Sproul, but I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. But that's, 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 about where it where it was to begin with i mean i i didn't really have anybody guiding me except for the holy spirit it's it's a pretty good guide right there oh yeah i mean i that's the best one you can get (laughs) Mm -hmm. but then later on um i i guess maybe when i was in my master's like early on someone suggested that i listen to dr white then i then i started listening to jeff durbin nice and from then on, get you. I, there you go. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> Jeff Durbin is the gateway drug yep. to postmodernism <laughs> oh, yeah. and theonomy. Well, I mean, I, I I've got a Jeff Durbin beard right now, mainly yeah. because I can't go and get a shave. But <laughs> yeah, but still, yeah, love Jeff Durbin. Yep. I I don't agree with him on everything. I agree with him on more things than Doctor White, but. <laughs> I think I have yet to find something I disagree yeah. with Jeff Durbin about. Same. I yeah, think every I, time I, I prob- he, every time he ha- he talks about any topic, he ha- he he talks about it in the nuanced way that like perfectly aligns with my own per- like my own yeah. personal nuance about yeah, that topic. Yeah, yeah, I, I I would I would say the same thing. Like he might start talking about something, and then I think, mm, and then he 
course corrects. Yeah. Like I, his his recent uh, the recent uh, episode. I don't know. It wasn't on cultish, but it was on apology or radio about the mm-hmm. UFOs. Mm. That was for me. I was that because I, I I hate to use the word because I don't want to to make other believers um, that might have different reasons for things. Like mm-hmm. I, I hate to use it, but conspiracy theories. Yeah. yeah. I I I really hate that. Maybe it's because of my science background. I, I've, <laughs> I, I've become more to the point where I'm more open to respecting other people's opinions, even when they're clearly wrong. And I won't necessarily immediately block them on something like Twitter or Facebook. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't block flat earthers on Facebook anymore. So, so I, I step so, up in the world. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sanctification I mean, is real. Exactly. Sanctification <laughs> is real. It, it happens. But, um, I li- but things like that and like I don't know if you guys listen to AD Robles but some of the things that he's been talking about um, yeah yeah he's a good guy I don't agree with him on everything one of the things that he's been talking about regarding the vaccines I I think that he has the right heart but I, I think he needs to talk to some people that really understand what's going on when it comes to that but other than that I I, I like what he has to say. But yeah, conspiracy theories. I don't like it. It. I don't even remember what I was talking about. But. <laughs> but yeah, I'm trying to remember too. I'm talking about yeah. Jeff Durbin. Oh, conspiracy. Oh yeah, Jeff stuff. Durbin yeah. with the UFOs. Yeah, that that's probably the only thing that I've ever disagreed with him. Well, what and, specifically and it, did you disagree with him on that that particular one? I don't remember because I was. <laughs> I'm working. I'm. St- I just remember that he was talking about the UFOs. And how that, hmm, I don't know, he, he said it in a past program too, and it was leaning on the idea that they might be demonic and stuff like that. I, I would tend to agree with that, oh, but, sure. but I don't know, the idea that, re, that these events are real and that it's not some kind of psychosis. And I, like I said, I don't want to make people feel bad that have actually gone through these things. I know real mm-hmm. people, I don't know them personally. But I know people that have, I know that there are people that have gone through these terrible events, but I don't want to, I'm, I'm not willing to accept the, their narrative and say that something physically actually happened to them. Maybe it did. I'm not going to say that it didn't, but until they can prove it yeah. in a robust, more or less scientific way, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to accept that, that assertion. Sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, our Peyton in chat is wondering what your favorite gen is. What your favorite generation of Pokemon? Five. Five. Okay. All right. What's, yeah. What pretty are the, quick. What are the starters for that one? <laughs> oh, okay. Um. I don't remember. Oshawa is the Otter okay. Beaver Samurai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Tepig and um, <laughs> Snivy. Yep. Sure. Yep. I think that was the the generation <laughs> that my littlest brother uh was super into because oh yeah they have he they was have getting into the pokemon right around that that era so they have the best okay i'm not gonna say the best they have the second best bug pokemon ever in gen 5 which yeah, is second best oh well i mean i'm saying like all of them are the second best oh because they're they're that's when the bug type pokemon the bug really started doing good in gen 5 yeah 
I like Galvantula quite a bit. It's a six-legged electric tarantula, and it evolves from an <laughs> electric flea. Dang. So the thing you got to know about Pokemon is is whenever it's supposed to have eight legs, it has six. <laughs> Interesting. But if it's supposed to have more than that, like for an example, Scolipede is a centipede, but it looks like a centaur. <laughs> yeah. So it actually has a lot of legs, but not not like a hundred or a thousand or whatever. But it's got four large legs on its bottom half. And that's the legs that it walks on. And then there's the uh, Volcarona, which is the... Um, What's the? It's it's kind of like Mothra, and its wings look like a, like the sun with sunspots. And then there's Levani, which is a grass and bug type. And then there's Crustal, which is cool because it looks like the Grand Canyon and a crab had a baby. <laughs> and I can't think of any other ones, but I think there's a better one. But my favorite bug type Pokemon. Besides Yon Mega, just because I love dragonflies, is the Lurantis from Gen Seven, because it's from the um, from the it's uh it's a it's a based off a real kind of mantis that lives in Hawaii. I can't remember what it's called, but it's pink, and it's a mantis that in the real world that pretends to be a flower. Oh yeah. But the Pokemon is it's a flower that pretends to be a bug, so they can <laughs> eat real bugs. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So if you Google Lurantis, it, it looks like a, a guy wearing, it looks kind of like Uncle Sam. <laughs> with his, It's got like Uncle Sam trousers. And then it's got the mantis arms. I don't know what they're called. Oh my gosh, you're right. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, it's, but it's actually a plant. It's a pure grass type. So I still call it my favorite bug type Pokemon, but it's it's not a bug. It's so cute. So, <laughs> yeah, I, so I have to ask you this question because this is where my whole obsession with the term bug, bug magic came from. Have you watched uh, Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind? The name sounds familiar, but I don't think it's so. It's a Studio Ghibli uh, film. Yeah, I, that's what I, I figured. Think, okay. If you have not watched Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind, you have to watch it because it's all about bugs. Yeah. All about <laughs> bugs. The post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic setting bugs. where um, okay. a toxic jungle um, took over, like started spreading all over the world and giant bugs live in the toxic hmm. jungle and are, trying, are threatening to wipe out humanity. And it's great. So are they like flying bugs like in the, there's a to the center of the bunch earth? Of, there's, there's a whole bunch of, of types of bugs, but they're the main okay. type is like a giant... They all look like giant, almost like roly polies, but like oh, giant okay. menacing with lots no, of eyes. No, they're not roly roly polies exactly. Roly polies are actually not bugs; they're crustaceans. Oh well, <laughs> I know I did know that. I did know that. Um, <laughs> they look more like um, honestly, they look like Mothra in her larva form. Okay, so they look like metapod. Yeah, kind of. They're they're like giant caterpillars, kind of, except mm-hmm. more like. I don't know. Here, I'm just gonna send you. Oh wait, did you say larva form? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so larva more form. like cater, like caterpie then, not not metapod. Yeah. Um. Let's see. I'll what are they called? The Twitch chat. I don't remember. Oh, you have a picture for it. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> Nightmare fuel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's what they look like. The omu. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I like Studio Ghibli. I'll have to check that out. My my favorite Studio Ghibli is Princess Mononoke. Yeah, I, I followed have not by my on to watching that one yet, but it's on my. Oh, own. there's actually there's a free there's a website where it's on for free somewhere. Perfect. But I, I probably they probably took it down. Yeah, <laughs> by now probably. But yeah, there that it's that, and then my friend Totoro are my favorites. See, I don't like that one. Um, like it's a cute kids movie but it has nothing happens in that movie <laughs> well i mean i like it because i grew up with it yeah 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 I'm and just... also because it's the only tie-in with any disney films did you know that in toy story 3 the totoro is in yes i did the see little girl's room yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. i don't remember there's some actual history to it like like disney bought the rights to that movie but not all of the rest of Studio Ghibli because mm. that would be horrible if Disney bought that. That'd be like what happened with Disney and Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've also seen Castle in the Sky and I liked that one. That was yeah, I haven't. There's a lot of Studio Ghibli's that I haven't seen. They, I need. I, I, a I local like the, movie um, theater here in my area was like playing all of them over a whole summer. Like they just had like a week at a time. Gosh. They'd play each one. And I was so busy that summer, I didn't get a chance to do it. But like, I really wanted to. I really just wanted to go and watch every single one of those in the big in the big screen, and it would have been great. Yeah, that would have been great. Yeah. What's the? What's a? It's a more recent one that was pretty popular. It won an Academy Award. It's where the the parent the this girl loses her name, and then her parents turn into pigs. Oh. Uh... And she lives in a bathhouse. I don't remember what it's called, but I, I like that one too. It's kind of creepy though. It, that's a Studio Ghibli film. Yeah. Oh man, which one is that? Uh, let me look. Let me look. Let me look. A more recent one, you said. It's relatively recent. It came out when I was a kid. So I don't. And there might be newer ones after that. Is that it I'm not Spirited aware of. Away? Yes. There yes, that's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I see, keep seeing art from that, and I want to watch it. It's good. It's a good movie, but. Not if you're eight. <laughs> the one I want to watch more than anything is Grave of the Fireflies. I want to watch Grave of the Fireflies because I want to inject sadness straight into my veins. <laughs> it's about. Okay. Is, have you heard of Grave of the Fireflies? No. It's, no, uh, I thought it was another one about bugs. <laughs> no, it's it's based on um, uh, it's it's two films or sorry uh the story of two siblings and their desperate struggle to survive during the final months of the second world war in Japan. Oh, sheesh. In Japan. Crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't want to watch that. I want to <laughs> so bad. Yeah. I, I don't like crying. <laughs> I love crying. Well, I don't mind crying. I mean, I'm, I'm not that toxic, but <laughs> I love it. I, I like being entertained. Although I will say that my, my this is my favorite movie. It's Fool's Russian, and it's it's a little it's a little not very well known romance movie. I saw it on on Vudu, and I bought it for like five bucks, and now it's my favorite movie. And me and my wife watched it so much that she hates it. <laughs> okay, so when you said Fool's Russian, I definitely yep. thought you said Fool's Russian. Like, <laughs> and I was like, no, that's not it. That's that's a completely separate. Is that an actual movie? No, it's not. Okay, <laughs> I mean, it sounds like something but Fool's Russian very... based based off of the the Elvis song, right? Yeah. Oh, I don't know if it's based off of the Elvis song. I well, because it's a um, great movie. 
I can't help falling in love with you. Wise men say only fools rush in. Oh, maybe, maybe that was the maybe that's just the inspiration for the name. But but it's 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 a really good movie. If you guys should watch it, you guys you guys would like it. We're on the we're always on the lookout for cute rom coms. Yeah. Yeah. So if you so many Tom Hanks rom coms. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So it's like that is that that's all that that's all that he did after Forrest Gump. The 90s and the early 2000s are just filled with Tom Hanks rom-coms. And, and there's one of them that literally stars the same two people as the yeah. main guy and girl. What's crazy is that even in the movie Big, which is where he's a kid and he becomes an adult for however long, that they make it like it's a rom-com too. Yep. And it's like... he. He's like a ten-year-old living in an adult's body. Why are you? What's wrong with you people? Yep, yep. Have you ever? Have you ever uh, seen the anime Real Life? No. So the anime Real Life is about. Um, it's it's actually a really cute anime, and I I'm really sad they never made uh made a second season of it. I'm hoping they will one day. Um, but it's basically uh a. A, a neat, uh, you know, a Japanese guy who's just a, a bum and doesn't really do anything. Um, he's given the chance to um, take a pill, like this experimental pill that will make him look like a teenager and then restart his life as if he was a teenager. It sounds um, kind of like, like the Matrix. Yeah, well, it's like, you know, here here's the chance to restart your life and, and like you can not be a bum anymore, right? Like go do something else with your life. Um, hmm. and it's so funny through the entire thing because like he's a teenager and he's in a, in a high school or he's, you know, looks like a teenager and he's in a high school, but he's actually a 30 year old man. And so like <laughs> a bunch of girls are like hitting on him and he's like, I, this is, this would be illegal. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah. Well, you know, Japan, Japan makes a lot of really strange things. It really does. It's really, does. but it's, it's honestly a cute anime. It's good well, anime. yeah, I mean, I, there's a lot of cute animes. I, this is just me. I'm I'm not actually in that into anime that much, mm-hmm. which is weird because I'm the reformed Pokemon professor. But I mean, I feel like Pokemon is it's like a different category. It, it's like it a is. different category at this point. It is because it's so popular, but, you know. Yeah, but when when it first started out, it was yeah. probably I would say it's more along the same lines, especially yeah. when the first movie came out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're you're right. It, it, it diverged quickly, but still, there's not there's very little anime that I'm interested in. Like I watched Yu-Gi-Oh for a while. I don't know why my parents let me watch that because <laughs> they didn't let me watch Pokemon. Mm-hmm. But Parent, that, that one is literally are, summoning demons. Parents are always inconsistent about those sorts of things. I don't know what it is about. Like I'm sure I'll do the same thing, right? Like I'll be inconsistent in some way like that. But it's just You'll like try not to, but you try you will. not to, but you will. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, my parents did the same thing where it's like Pokemon is, you know, a big no, no, can't watch Pokemon, but you can um, actually watch this little kid summon who has a Pharaoh's soul in him, summon actual demons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Why totally not? Fine. Totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Cool. Well, is there any other random stuff we want to talk about? <laughs> I'm good for whatever, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it's, Keep talking it's been about a, bug magic. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, she's talking about random stuff. Um, I, I've gone through most of the stuff that like I specifically had in mind to ask. Carly, do you have any anything you can think of to ask? I have I'm, no knowledge of 
either Pokemon or bug magic to offer. So, <laughs> or well, questions well, to ask. Does the audience have any questions? I don't know if you do audience questions. Uh, I mean, yeah, we would if there is anyone in the chat <laughs> who like had a no. question. Um, we'll, they're we'll they're see. probably just like I. I don't know. This guy's weird. Yeah, we'll we'll see what the delay shows us um, in a little bit here. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of. Well, I guess the the question to ask we we skimmed it when we were talking off screen at first, but have you ever been involved in role-playing games at any point in any way? A little bit. Yeah. I I've played, um, I played, I played Dungeons and Dragons once and I really liked it, but I never got into it and I'm not opposed to it. As long as I mean, you know, you don't go too crazy. I think it's really easy to abuse stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's really (laughs) easy to abuse pretty much anything. Yeah. Well, sure. Of course. But really I mean, gotta be in specifically, the right group of yeah. People for role playing games. Also, very true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. There's, yeah, I, I, yeah. I have, I have some horror stories of uh, <laughs> playing role playing games with the wrong group of people. Don't, yeah, don't, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Never mind. We're just gonna move on. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> it, it seems like nowadays the internet has just brought out the most vilest of, yeah. of urges out of people yep. that they wouldn't have even dreamed of doing mm-hmm. when we were kids. Well, I mean, when I'm can a, do I, it anonymously, I, that's kind of the main thing. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Cause that's, that's like the main thing that I do nowadays um, is play role playing games in my free time. So, well, I mean, COVID-19 helps. <laughs> Uh, the other thing I'm involved in, I'm just curious, like how much, how much reading do you do in terms of like fiction? Oh, none. Like, I wish I could. Yeah. Did, no, did I, you I, used I, to? Yes. Yeah. I used to read fiction all the time. My favorite, uh, fiction series from when I was a kid was the Animorphs. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love it. I don't have, I, I still have all the books that I used to, that I, that I had, but I don't have the whole series. Yeah. So I even have some of the extended versions where they had like the Andalite Chronicles. I still have a copy of that. And it was funny because I remember I was on a trip with my family in Florida and we saw on a sign on the road that there was a book sale at a library. And I just said, oh, I want to go in with my parents. They they wanted to look and see what it was because they we would collect books and probably never read them. But then I found a whole shelf of Animorphs books. <laughs> that they were selling and my parents said I could only get five and I was like I was so upset but I got five because those were the ones that I didn't have yet and I read them and it's good what the one thing that bothers me nowadays about Animorphs is that the author K.A. Applegate that's her uh, pen name but she's very much a trans rights activist because her daughter is a is a has has transitioned into a, a guy. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Now you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Trying to think of if there's anything else I can ask you about. Uh, obviously, the answer to all of these questions is you. You don't have time for it now. But <laughs> mm-hmm. did you? Were you a, a an avid video game player in other ways besides Pokemon at any point? No, no. I, no. And that's the thing is, my parents were not into video games at all. Yeah. But they I were also they were they were okay with putting the kids 
putting me and my sister in front of a TV. Yeah. <laughs> most of the time so what what would happen is when i was older i would go come home do my homework and then sit in front of the tv until dinner and then we would sit in front of the tv while we ate (laughs) so no unfortunately i didn't have any game consoles except for my game boys and i bought them with my own money when i was a kid Mm -hmm. because my parents said that was the only way i was going to get them (laughs) and then when i went to college my parents got my sister a wii and that was not fun because I didn't get to play it. That that was when the Wii's were just very were new. You know, mm-hmm. they were still cool. Yeah, and they we had, have they, one from uh, one Christmas that we got <laughs> got it years ago. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if it still works, it's amazing. We, me, and my wife have one that we play Smash Bros. Sometimes, but we're both so busy now. Yep. But yep. yeah, no, I mean, I would have loved to. I, I was into talking about video games with my friends, but I never played anything besides Pokemon because mm-hmm. that's all I had. Except for a couple. Well, I I didn't have any other console game, any other consoles. I had a bunch of just Game Boy games. So that's what I would play. Yeah. So I would play like Mario or Dragon Warrior Monsters or Pokemon. And I think I had one Uno game for Game Boy. <laughs> know where that went. like the uno uno the card game yeah uno the card game but on a game boy, <laughs> on game boy? that's so strange yeah well, one of the one of the things that always fascinates me about the video game industry is all of the weird games that that get made in a bunch of different yeah. categories right like there's just weird yeah. weird games there's weird games like that where you're like why would someone want to play uno on a video game like that just yeah. doesn't really like isn't the point of uno to make friends mad like isn't that the reason you play uno is to well, do a I reverse mean, card you, and then you make it if you play mad. it with people from ukraine like i did on a missions trip that's what you do that's it that's what happens sure there you they, go. they called it ukrainian uno specifically because they changed the rules what one of the things they said in the that you could do is that when you're playing uno if you have the card that can lay on top of the one that's on the pile it doesn't matter if it's your turn you can just lay it down and then you skip everybody that's like dutch blitz rules right there that's yeah it's also punch you in the face rules Uh (laughs) yeah you don't do that on a mission strip though especially when you're the one on the mission strip no no Mm -mm. (laughs) and especially if you're in a foreign country that used to be behind the iron curtain not a good idea they tough they tough out there oh yeah yeah, they are. Then you also have those video games that are like direct like uh adaptations of movies and things and and yeah. most of the time they're like utter crap and you're like Yeah, like I exist? I'm remembering now. I had a Spider-Man game that was directly an adaptation of the of the the first one from Mark Webb, I think is his name was the director with and there's Green Goblin and everything, but you have all the other I'm villains that <laughs> Are you? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Are you, are you talking <laughs> about the the like the one they made in what two thousand one or whatever? The one with Tobey Maguire. That's uh, Sam Raimi. Okay, well yeah. then my mistake. But yeah, okay. Sam Raimi is the director. I knew I knew Mark Webb was one of the directors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yes, I had that one too, and that was a good game. Was but did good. you have it for Game Boy Advance? No. Why would they make it for Game Boy Advance? That's so exactly. I, you can't even see the screen. You can't even see it. I mean, some some games actually turn on the backlight in the Game Boy Advance, mm-hmm. and others don't. 
and that was one of them that didn't. So the only way that you could play it was sitting under a light or outside. So you're outside under a tree playing a Game Boy. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That was yeah. the weird thing about the Game Boy. Uh, like some of the Game Boys, like they didn't have backlights and and, and then some of them, like the, some games didn't have back, the backlight turn on. And so like you could literally only play it if there was light directly coming on the screen. Exactly. And then it, like if you plug in so that good. that worm light thing that, that came with it for a couple of years, it drains the battery. I never had one, but I, I knew people that did and they, their parents got it for them and then they chucked it because <laughs> it, like by back then that was before rechargeable batteries were really popular. So you get like a whole box of, of double A's and you put them in there or triple A's or whatever. And then you use it up in an hour. <laughs> well, a couple yeah. hours if you have the whole yeah. box, but that yeah. sucked on road on uh, road trips because we'd go for like, you know, we, we took trips all over the place when we were kids, like mostly down south because that's where our we, our grandparents lived in Florida. We had cousins in Texas. Um, mm-hmm. and so we did a lot of driving down there and it would be like, you know, all day all into the night driving. And then once it got dark, it's like, well, we can't play the Game Boy anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's all over. We just have to be more. Well, yeah. And I mean, and that, that's why I would bring my books with me because I, I would read in the car. Yeah. But then when it got dark, you want, you'd want to turn on the light and then your parents are like, I can't see you're you're blocking the mirror with the light and it's like so what do i do it's like look out the window but it's dark out (laughs) there's nothing to see yeah um so were were any of you under the impression because your parents or someone else told you that turning on a light in the car was illegal not illegal i just knew that it was it made the driver it made it harder for the driver to see. The I was under well, the, yeah. I, I, and I've heard other people on the internet, like say this, like that, that like they were always under the impression because their parents told them. And this is what <laughs> my parents told me that it was illegal to turn oh on gosh. lights in the car when it was dark out. It um, might be in some States who knows. Yeah. But, it, yeah. No, I, I don't, I, I never, that never occurred to me. I just, was, but it's definitely not in Wisconsin, but they just said that anyway. I don't know. <laughs> oh. Yeah. It's very, yeah. It's weird. Yeah. I mean, I, I I drive. I used to drive a lot at night, so I know. Yeah. Well, anyway, we've talked about a lot of fun, random stuff, and I mm-hmm. enjoyed every minute of that conversation. Oh, I did too. It yeah. was fun. Yeah. Um, sir, Mr. Professor, uh, would you uh tell people where they can find you on the tweeters and all that jazz? Sure. It is at. Let me double check so I don't give you guys the wrong thing. <laughs> So let me open up my profile here. It is at at reform pokey prof, one word. Cool, cool. And not with the accent over the ear or anything. I don't think you can even put that in the Twitter handle. I don't think you can. No. Yeah. Um, Yeah. My my Twitter name is reform Pokemon Professor PhD. Two more years because that's all I've got left. Hopefully. (laughs) Nice. This COVID nineteen might change that. Yeah. It's time this year. (laughs) But yeah, I definitely encourage you guys to go follow him. He's a great follow on Twitter. Uh, highly recommended. Uh, lots of fun. Yep. Just uh, edgy enough to be reformed. Yeah, yeah. Just edgy enough to be the right kind of reformed. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. I think that's probably it for our episode. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Christ underscore art underscore show at Facebook at facebook.com slash Christian Artist Show and at our website at Christian Artist Show 
Dot-com. We will be releasing a new episode of Disagree With Me tomorrow, tomorrow evening. Um, on uh, Angel and I did a, we, we tore apart uh, the uh, Harvard Magazine article on homeschooling that they did a while ago. <laughs> um, yeah, they had to correct the spelling mm-hmm, on that. That was funny. That was really funny. It's so funny. We recorded it a while ago, but we're just, we're just getting it out right now. Um, and... I, I'm very excited for, for that one to be released. We had no filter on that episode. Um, we just half of, half of the I'm time. So excited to listen to it. It was a fun. It was a fun episode. Half the time we're just laughing at how ridiculous this article is, and the other half the time we're just being we're so savage in that episode. I have never oh. been. It like it, it, something about getting Angel and I in a room together, or just in a virtual room together and we're just allowed to talk about whatever you want is a yeah, dangerous I don't know about pr- what the law in Minnesota is, but two people in the same room together. Right. <laughs> um, it's a dangerous thing. It's a dangerous thing to get Angel and I talking about something we're both passionate about because we often don't have a filter. Um, <laughs> and we just kind of, we just tell it like it is. So this is the most um, unfiltered, episode of disagree I, you know i'm hyping it up it's probably not actually that bad but um, <laughs> it's it's definitely more more savage than the christian artist would get definitely um mm, interesting yeah. <laughs> yeah no it's, it was fun i'm excited to release it tomorrow um but there's no other streams this week because my bro's getting married so Woo. we're focusing on that having a friend come in from out of town so there's you know lots of other stuff going on we're helping set up the wedding and whatnot uh, bachelor party tomorrow, which I'm excited about. So focus on all that stuff, but uh, and we won't have an episode next week uh, for the Christian artist because same reason, just you know, involved with all that stuff. Um, Good reason coming just off the wedding, so we decided to take the week off for that. But uh, I think that's it. I think that's that's all I got. Yeah. So uh, that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay. How long has it been? uh hour 15 hour. yeah something like that oh, yeah okay sure cool. sure cool. I, I wasn't expecting it to go this long yeah <laughs> we had, we, i mean yeah it, we, it was fun talking lots of stuff to talk about cool cool yeah well there we well, go that's yeah, the if, uh, if you ever need to know if you never need to make a filler episode sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah or yeah or something else comes up about like if we ever wanted to talk about um uh creationism or whatever right like something like that mm, that sure. would be a fun fun episode to have you on uh sure oh i just remembered so um i run a facebook group called reformed presuppositional apologetics biblical creation it's a oh oh my god used to be used to be called something else i have been getting (laughs) what is it called um what am i trying to say I've been invites. getting no, no, no. I got an invite from you on this. Um, it may have been me or one of the other admins. No, no, it was it was you because I okay. I'm I'm literally now just because we're Facebook friends now. I you know okay. I, I I haven't really put the the name and the face you know together. Uh, well, that's okay. I'm not yeah. anonymous on Facebook. Right, exactly. Um, it, and so I, I mean, I've been yeah. getting what because what happens when you get invited to a group that you don't actually respond to it? You keep getting like posts from the group. I was like, hey. <laughs> This person invited you. Mm-hmm. Here is the thing that is happening in the group, and I and I'm like, who is this person who invited me, and what is this group? And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go join it now. So, 
Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, we we want so we want more people to join because we're trying to facilitate debates and interviews. Cool. So uh, there's nothing in the works officially yet, but I am trying to interview Dr. Robert Carter from uh, Biblical Genetics and Creation Ministries International to talk about a little video that he did regarding the whole vaccine. Yeah, COVID-19. And sure. I think that would be really good for the Christian body right now. Yeah. Well, what's the name of the group called again? Reform Presuppositional Apologetics Biblical Creation. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Okay, I see it. Because there is a Reform Presuppositional Apologetics group, and this is kind of an offshoot of that. Sure. Where this group is specifically for biblical creation stuff. Cool. I have officially joined. <laughs> Very awesome. Cool. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, there you go. We're out. All right. Have a great week, guys, and you have a great week too, Mr. Reformed Pokemon Professor. I will. Adios. Adios.